What up everybody, Dustin and David here from the Rugged Arts, welcoming you back to another fun and exciting episode. Thanks for tuning in today and choosing to spend a little bit of your time here with us. So, without further ado, this is the Rugged Arts. Alright man, and we're back. Another week has gone by and another week's worth of stuff has happened. Indeed it has. Yep, indeed it has. So, um, last week we kind of discussed talking about something other than what's new for 2021. And since we wrapped that up, we can just kind of move right on into something else. And so I thought it would be a good idea this week to just kind of recap what's been going on because we don't live next door to each other and we're off doing different things. And I know that you did some stuff and got some medals, some troll medals. What's that all about? <laughs> well, yeah, me and uh, me and the missus have started doing some of these uh, virtual 5K, 10K walk runs. Okay, now wait a minute. Yeah. Let me stop. Virtual? Yeah, you... So you sit there and you just kind of go on a walk? Like with your VR headset? Or... No, 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 no. <laughs> virtual as in like... You're not going to a you know event location with a bunch of other people at the same time. You're, oh. I, I use a, like Strava, which will trap track your mileage walked or run or whatever. Got it. And so yeah, you turn your Strava on and you go walk around. In our case, we went to this park where it's got some nice train variants where the hills aren't too steep, but they're there. Give you a little challenge. You know, and of course, it just dumped rain like the entire time. And of course, true Washingtonians, we walked out the house and like, ah, it's just misting a little. It's going to clear up in no time. No, no, it didn't clear up. It didn't clear up and you guys got soaked. Just drenched. And of course. So then how do you we... get the medals if it's like. They mail them to you. Oh, they mail them to you. Yeah. And wow. I, I thought it was a little weird. They mail them to you beforehand. Like, here's your bib. Yeah, here's your bib and your trophy. And I'm like, but I didn't do anything yet. What's the bib for? Well, you always get a bib when you do these things. You put it on when you're walking. So the photographers, like, will take your picture of your bib, and it has a number on it. And then at the end of the event, they'll post all the pictures, and they'll list it by number. You know, okay, there you are. There's your number. Oh, okay. I feel like you could cheat that, though. Oh, entirely. Just turn it on and get on your bicycle and go. (laughs) Like, I did it in record time, yo. (laughs) The hard part would be slowing it down enough to not look like you're just, you know, you know, just set it in your car and, like, go idle around a parking lot somewhere. Like, yeah, you could, but but I think, really, the people that are interested in doing it, I mean, if you want the trophy, it's just a, they're cool-looking trophies, but. They look cool. I saw your picture. Yeah, that's cool. Was that on Instagram or Facebook? Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, because wife posted that one. Um, I mean, they're fun little trophies. You know, you know, we've only this is the first one we've done. We're signed up for a couple more though. Um, it's just a fun. It's just a reason to go out and you know. Have hey man, fun. whatever gets you outdoors, you know. That's right. Whatever gets you out of the house and moving around. And something like this because we're doing it like a walk jog pace. Mm-hmm. You know, I can take my daughters with me in a in a stroller and sure. what have you. And so. Yep. Yep. It's fun. It looked like fun. Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. Um, okay, so that's we cool. Filmed it too. Did well, even better because that's what we do. You that's should right. always take pictures and try and film if you can. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I did want to touch on something. Like, uh, just the segue here is going to take a hard left turn. Um, 
I wanted to kind of apologize to um, the archery club, down, Lucky Shot, down in Chehalis. Okay. Because... Were we offensive? No, we weren't offensive, but I wanted to be clear. When Archery World opened, I made it sound like they were the only 30-yard indoor course in Washington. I do believe you hedged your bet by saying as far as you knew, but go True, ahead. true, true. But I've been to Lucky Shot before. I should have remembered and recalled. They have a 40-yard indoor range. Yep, now, it is set up differently. It's like you're in a... It's like you're in a, a, a barn, and mm -hmm. they have a lot of, like, 3Ds, so it's a different format. It's not what you... I mean, it is indoor. There's You won't get a cross breeze, but you're walking on dirt, and... Mm -hmm. So it, when when you think indoor, though, that's not the first thing that pops in mind, because it's not your typical bale stop back. I think they have bales, but... Yeah. It's not the same format you're used to seeing. It's, it's definitely a different feel, I will say that. But I just wanted to be clear that... You know, the 30-yard indoor location is not the only location that you can shoot that distance indoors. That's pretty Lucky cool. Shot also has that ability. Um, Father's Day is coming up. Another weird segue. I just wanted to get that 40-yard thing out of, out of there. Yeah. Uh, another great segue. We're going to have a ton of good segues today because a lot of the topics that I wanted to discuss are not like really in line with each other sure <laughs> so father's day is coming up what are you doing anything i don't know i let the wife plan that well it's next weekend isn't there a safari you could go oh, to? oh it is next weekend isn't it yeah is it next weekend it is i know because really i'm fast. working next weekend <laughs> yeah which means he once again will not be joining me on the shoot man i don't know about that boeing job Eesh. um pays good yeah right <laughs> keeps the family fed um yeah, there's a up out at uh, Cedar River Bowman. There's a 3D safari, and I got went up to Archie World the other day and got my daughter a sight for her bow. And so sweet, she's pretty pretty she's pretty dialed at about 10 yards, which is I mean she's seven. Ten's pretty good. And uh, we haven't played with 20 yet, but I was thinking about setting her sight up 10, 15, 20 because she's peewee. They shouldn't be shooting out beyond 15 anyway. For Pee Wee, but next year, well, actually, next month, she jumps into Cub. Cub, so then they go out to 20. But 20 is like their bomb shot, like their, their longest distance. Yeah, that's distance. a long shot, yeah. You know, for a, what, seven, eight pound bow? <laughs> it's a lot like, I mean, that's what made it so hard to, you know, uh, set my daughter's bow up, was like, because I'd never set up a bow for like a max distance of 20. Right. You know what I mean? So it just, it's really difficult to, to do that with... Uh, if you don't have the right arrows, you know, if you're running mm -hmm. too heavy an arrow, it's just going to fall. Yeah. And, and then, then you, you run out of room on your sight housing to even try and reach that distance. Yeah. Now, it's it's interesting. Um, you mentioned that the sight that I bought is a True Glow. Um, I don't remember exactly which model, but it's a three-pin mm -hmm. little sight. Sure. And the bracket, actually, the it has two different mounting spots to mount to the riser, and the... The one on the tail of the bra mounting bracket is actually offset about a half an air quarter inch, maybe lower than the screw. Oh yeah, in front it does of it. that like step up, step down thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can actually raise up the whole assembly if you're having a trouble getting that distance out of youth mm -hmm. sight. 
So we're gonna we're gonna see if we need to do that. But anyway, that'll work fun at the um, the marked distance. That way we can really help her. Like okay, it's yeah, you twelve totally yards. Aim a little high. Take her to that safari for Father's Day weekend. That's yeah. what you should do. That's what we're gonna try and do. Yeah, and try and get some photos at least. You know. Oh yeah. Well, I would like in theory to put on the Rugged Arts channel a what is Safari 3D video. You could do that. Yeah. You could totally do that. Let me know in the comments below <laughs> if you want to see that. I don't you know, know if you can do comments below on like a I Spotify or a... Go, go tell us on our Instagram hey, or our Facebook. You know what they could do? They could send us an email. They could. The rugged arts at Yahoo, you know. Dot com. I don't think it's dot com, but it's at it Yahoo. Is, is it dot com? Mm -hmm. Whatever. You know what I mean. I do. The rugged arts, two Gs, at yahoo.com. Send us an email. Yeah. See if you'd be interested in that kind of informational slash fun yeah. video or any types of videos that you might be curious to see archery or otherwise outdoor related you know we love ideas so uh we we can't think of everything even though there's two of us we think of quite a bit but right. um there's a lot of stuff that we're probably not representing or missing or whatever so feel free to let us know we always encourage that that kind of feedback but along the lines of archery stuff I was scrolling IG today, mm -hmm. and I noticed that uh, Levi Morgan put out a new video on Instagram, and there's a new YouTube video out by Josh Bomar, and the reason why I mentioned the two in relation is because they put out a new grip tape for bows, huh. and it's like a stretchy neoprene. Oh yeah, they've been using that and, stuff for a while. But this is, according to them, it's different. Oh. It looks cool. I like, I watched uh, the Bomar like application or installation video. And it was it was really dope. I really liked the the way it installs. It seems pretty slick because it's got a a protective cover for the neoprene, and then it's got an adhesive cover too, so that one the neoprene doesn't lose its sticky or grippiness as it's like sitting on the shelf waiting for you to buy it. Mm -hmm. And then the adhesive backer is kind of nice. I've messed around with some like grip tapes that didn't have adhesive, and it's kind of tricky getting it on there and then using the like locking tape as they refer to it. Uh, to kind of lock it all in place. You know what this sounds like? What? This sounds like lizard skin bar tape. I don't know anything about lizard skin bar tape. It's a neoprene with mm -hmm. a sticky back and a sticky cover, and it's mm. kind of grippy. And you wrap it around your road bar for your like road cycle, your bicycle. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's grip tape. It, it's, no, it's, it's probably what it's about. About an inch wide, maybe, maybe three quarters. It's about of an, inch. an inch wide, but it's super thin. Yeah. Like really thin. And I think they did that on purpose so that it wouldn't make your grip like too big. Yeah, I hate it. You know? I hate a wide grip. Yeah. Which is weird. I mean, I got a big old mitt, but I think it just, it's too many places you can influence your riser. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. But anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was cool and uh, I saw it pop up on IG. Um, you going to get some? I might. I might because it, one package comes with enough to do two bows. Well, we could do a review so, on it. Yeah, I mean, we could both try it. And see what we think. I was thinking mm -hmm. about getting it in orange. Of course, naturally. Exactly. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I don't think it's too bad. It's on uh, the Bomar Archery website, so I'll go and check it out and see what the price point is. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, but talking about IG, going into Instagram and things that have happened recently in the last week, um, I had to rebrand my book that I want to publish. Oh, yep. Yeah. It was kind of a crazy mm -hmm. thing, man, when I looked at my phone and saw that Stephen Ranella had recently released a podcast 
series, not podcast, I'm sorry, an audiobook series called uh, Campfire Stories, um, which looks really good. I'm super excited for it. I'm going to listen to it. It sounds super dope because it's it's like what you would think Campfire Stories would be, you know, right. like these scary stories and, and it, funny stories and things like that. And so the it, it, the reason I had to rebrand is because, as you know, the book I wanted to publish was Campfire Logs, and yeah. the co- two covers look eerily the same. Eerily similar, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it's all a good thing. One, I talked to Stephen about it, uh, kind of on the side, and he told me, you know, don't, no worries, congratulations on your book, and I, uh, it caused me to like reflect on my own book and figure out whether or not that cover and that title actually works for it. And it doesn't because, like, the whole idea was supposed to be like stories you could tell with people around a fire, but it's more like a a, a, a journey of a hunter. Yeah. Right. There's and, definitely an overall arc arcing theme to your book where it they're not disjointed enough to be random stories by the they're they're right. There's that underlying current of mm-hmm. progression and understanding and experience through all yep. the stories. And they're chronological too, so it's like from beginning to basically now. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, okay, yeah, I could see why that cover and that title wouldn't work for my book. So it's a blessing in disguise, really. Because think about it. Let's say I didn't follow Stephen Ranella. I went right. and published my book. It's got a similar mm-hmm. title, similar look. People would think, one, I'm either trying to steal his idea. Yep. Uh, or two, I wouldn't get any of the sales because anytime you would like search campfire, it, his stuff would pop up because he has more notoriety within the community uh, than I do. I'm basically, I'm a no-name author. You're right. And nobody knows first who time. I am. Yeah, first-time author. So all the sales that I would hope to to get would just go towards his audiobook. So, mm. blessing in disguise. I'm yeah. really excited for his Campfire Stories audio series, but uh well, once you take a um, I appreciate that you did that though. You took a minute to kind of go what this sucks. This is garbage. And then you kind of regripped your mindset, talked to the guy and and you know, took a possible negative turned it into a positive. I mean, that's that's really healthy way of doing things. Yeah. Something that other people might emulate. That's not exactly how I looked at it. I just kind of did it. I was like, how can I how can I fix the situation so it's not detrimental for both of us? So immediately I posted on Instagram that, you know, one, I didn't steal the idea from him. He didn't steal the idea from me. Right. I wanted anybody that follows us to understand that we're not, you know, copping each other's ideas. Right. Um, and, and then I focused on how could I, like... I needed to really look at my situation as far as my book is concerned and figure out how I needed to change it to make it still work. Full show. And it's really like minute changes, so it's great. Yeah. I got to get rid of one chapter and like rewrite an intro. That's about it. Yeah, that's pretty good given that he, like your ideas are so similar, at least in title. You yeah, know, in title like you're and, getting, and I think cover that's a pretty easy, really, easy fix. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a writer. I don't know how much work that is, but... Yeah, it's, it's turning out to be pretty easy. Uh, so I asked you about your Father's Day. For my Father's Day, I'm going fishing with my dad. Like, obviously, I have You're to, working. I, yes, I have to work. And so then I'm you're going to go celebrating it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not celebrating Father's Day on Father's Day right. like you would traditionally do. I'm actually a set up a, a fishing date 
with my dad and we're gonna go out and fish together and and stuff and I have two fly reels now so hopefully I can get him to try out fly fishing you fly fish mm-hmm I didn't know that yeah things you didn't know that's right okay the list gets longer for all my fans I like fly fishing I don't know if, how many fans I have I think I have five yeah something like four or five the four you're of losing them, them quick them with are, this fly fishing you know, I got nonsense. three kids and a wife so four of them live with me. <laughs> but uh mm. yeah Anyways, uh, some last things that I wanted to kind of touch on today, and we talked about archery and Father's Day and uh, you know things like that. I had a, I've noticed I'm trying to build the the rugged arts thing mm-hmm. for us on Instagram, right? And so I'm trying to network, right, with people on Instagram. And so I uh, saw Cameron Haynes post uh, him in the mountains or whatever, and I screenshot that post yeah and then i altered the image a little mm-hmm. bit he actually liked it i know and, I saw and now he follows us i i also saw i was geeking out i know me too i was like this is so dope so thank you cameron haynes for following us a uh, little just plug there uh we really appreciate it and uh anyway so talking about following and subscribing or things like that right i wonder is there a weird courtesy or uh, like unwritten rule where you're like uh, obligated in a way where if somebody follows you that you have to then follow them back. Now Cameron Haynes is a bad example because I was already following uh, Cameron Haynes and I wouldn't expect anyone to follow me back just because I'm following them. But for instance, we have gained like five new followers to the Instagram page in the last week and uh, like Cameron Haynes is one of them and then uh, there's a couple other people, but my point is, is for those people that I'm not already following, right, that have fo- now started following us, are we obligated to like follow back? Well, I don't know. I, I struggle with that as well. Um, you know, I've got my own thing going with, with photography and whatnot, so I've got an Instagram for that. Yeah, I saw you set up a second one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I personally will follow back most of the people that follow me but that's because most of the people that follow me, I might need to interact with. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. they're models or they're photographers or they're event coordinators or what have you. Um, so I think if it's, I think it comes down to size is what I'm getting at. I'm new. I got a small thing. I'm following everybody that follows me. I was uh, not going to portray. Uh, if y'all could see his face. No, no, no. What right I was going to say is, is that. <laughs> I agree with you, and I think what you're really getting at is like when you're talking about networking, uh, whether you are new, yep, and have like no followers, right, or you've been on Instagram while and you have a ton of followers, you follow back people who are, uh, let's say, like-minded or in the industry you're in, right, right. Whereas the fans, you don't have to follow back all of the fans. Basically, yeah, because a lot of people that use Instagram, they're not using it for anything other than entertainment. Sure. So if they're following you, they're not trying to grow their, like, like my personal page that I post, you know, whatever goofy stuff for my friends, whatever. Like that's, I don't, I'm not looking to grow that big, right? Sure. So I'll, I follow all kinds of people on there that don't follow me mm-hmm. because I just want to see the content they put out because they're content creators. They give me that entertainment. So I think you look at everyone, you know, we, we're small enough now with the Rugged Arts that we can look at each follower daily and go, oh. Yeah, okay, this guy isn't, you know, really into it. He just wants some cool content. Cool. Well, then I'm not going to follow back. 
Right. Because there is a metric there, uh, and it's the only reason we need to talk about it, is there's a metric there on Instagram about uh, how many you're following versus how many you have followers. And when you start skewing it to where you're following a whole bunch and nobody's following you, it stops promoting you as much. Oh, really? Yeah. So you want to keep those numbers either even... Man, I need to unfollow a bunch of people. Yeah, right. <laughs> get on that. <laughs> no offense, anybody listening. If you get cut, you know why. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. Yeah, that's my understanding. I mean, I could I be wrong. I followed a that's... bunch of people. Like, my follower, like, our, mm-hmm. not my, the, the Rugged Arts follows probably two to three times more people than we have following us. Yeah. And the reason why is to, exposure. like... Exposure. Tr- exposure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, try and just... Get the name and the image and the brand out there. Well, and now here's the other side of that, though. Because we're following them, we see their posts. They don't see ours because they're not following us. Oh, so we're not point. actually getting any exposure. We get the exposure for the initial click mm. when they see so-and-so followed them. Yeah. But once that falls off their feed. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Marketing we'll think, is fun. Yeah, we'll have to think about that. We're changing some things up. <laughs> All of a sudden, our following list goes to zero. Yep. <laughs> you know, people are going to be like, what? They, they don't really care about me. Um, no. And that's the other thing, too, is I feel, you know, I, I'm old enough, you know, that I grew up kind of watching all these socials come into play, right? They, they weren't a thing when I was a kid, right? Right. So you use, you know, friends or followers or what have you. You feel, I feel that I, I'm more, I feel obligated more so than, say, a 15, 20 year old or even 25 year old who kind of grew up with it. Sure. They, from my understanding, they feel less obligated to, you know, not offend someone by unfriending them because Hmm. it's just normal interaction. Weird. It's kind of like not saying hi to everyone you pass in the hall. Yeah. You know, that's, that kind of brings me to a weird social uh, difference, right? Like, uh, as far as generationally, whenever I go driving out in the woods, like out by the cabin or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the kiddos are always like, Why, why'd you wave at that person? Because when I pass people in the country, I wave. Yeah. Right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just what you do. That's the way I was brought up. And it's just like, hey, howdy, how's it going? Um, and... For them, they're just like, that's weird. Why don't you do that in the city? Because I'd be driving with my hand up the whole time. Right. uh, For one. And two, like, there's so many people in the city that, no offense, I don't want to talk to. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, There's just a way, it's a way different, like, social dynamic, you know, in in the city. You you just, you don't wave. But out in the country, I don't know. Just people are like have now when you say country you're, you're talking more like the logging roads out to your cabin you're not talking like little towns no yeah, yeah. i mean i don't wave at everybody in mccleary right right you know well you know we do I, I wave at those people i know yeah or or you well, know if I, was, I make awkward eye contact they'll be like hey what's, what's up make it even more awkward yeah make it even more kinda, awkward kind of sort of acknowledging exactly. them exactly well you know i was driving truck for a long time and uh when you were on like some you know, we were on some of the smaller highways, the two-lane roads, you know, one lane going each direction and in the middle. And that was something you would do. You would kind of do the one finger off the top of your steering wheel or a little wave or whatever to a to a passing semi. Uh, but you wouldn't, of course, do it on the highway, you know, and wave yeah. at every trucker that goes by you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was just kind of acknowledgement. Like, I see you. We're out here together and, you know, whatever our common 
interest or common, you know, it's the same as motorcycles. You see, we've all seen them do it, you know, pat, you know, doing a little two finger peace sign at down. Yeah. You know, I think that has more to do with the whole like club yeah, thing. Yeah. Community, you know, community. group mentality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, I think the, the, the last thing that I wanted to really touch base on was, uh, uh, archery stuff like are you doing anything different i am working on acquiring the necessary equipment to change my hunting bow into a freestyle setup really yeah oh my goodness i want to give you a pat on the back Uh, i don't know i'm a little nervous i mean i want the new challenge right yeah because in my mind you know you Mm -hmm. see all i see how that I've, i've progressed to a point where i'm pretty decent right right there's plenty of archers out there that you bow hunter freestyle or or, or uh, bow hunter class whatever that shoot better than me sure. they're out there but I'm up there nipping at their heels at least sure right you know uh, and every once in a while they'll stumble and I'll run past them for a day or two <laughs> you know and and so it, I want that new challenge because I find that before I started getting to the level where I was winning trophies or you know being competitive I had idols I was like ooh I want to beat that I need to catch up to that guy that guy's out shooting me and he's the closest one in my you know kind of sphere of influence let me catch him and then I did and I played leapfrog catch the next guy catch the next guy I'm not saying I've run out of guys but I've got comfortable yeah so I look over at the freestyles and they are light years ahead of me points you know yeah. And it's a new thing to figure out and it's a new sight setup. It's a new weights and balances. It's, it's a bunch of new stuff to kind of re reengage my interest in the sport. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's uh definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um you can really get into the weeds on things. Like I so I I listen to a lot of the Archer World Pro Shop podcasts mm-hmm. with Henry Bass and and Joe and uh, I find it very informative because they talk a lot of technical specs, or not even technical specs. They talk a lot uh, about the, the, the technical aspects of tuning a bow from an experienced professional's standpoint. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So I find it very informative and, and I, I like listening to it stuff. And from upgrading or changing my bow one of the one things i heard recently that is so true and i don't know why i i want to say we've mentioned this before but maybe we didn't is just how everything kind of cascades or waterfalls right and so like if you change your peep or if you change like for instance i changed an entire bow but i'm running the same arrows from my previous bow Mm -hmm. well my previous bow was 60 to 70 pounds this bow is not I'm maxed out at 49 pounds. Wow. Right? So, when you're talking about spine, arrow flight dynamics, you know, you got to change all kinds of things. Um, and it's just very interesting how you can just change one thing. All right, it seems massive, right? You're changing an entire bow. And you're going from this. I was still freestyle. I didn't change class. Right. I just changed the bow. Mm-hmm. And it's a big difference. And you, you might say, oh, well, that's obvious, right? Because you're, you're swapping bows. Everything's going to be different and everything. But 
for for people who don't know, because there are a lot of them out there who are just like, oh, you know, there was a guy at the shop today, uh, was looking at arrows, and the uh, one of the the guys working there, I want to say it was Dave, was like, well, what kind of arrow you want to shoot, you know? And he's like, well, you know, uh, well, what do you recommend? And obvious next question from an experienced shooter is, is well, what are you going to use it for? Yep. Right? Are you mm-hmm. going to shoot target at your home? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll just shoot one of these uh, type targets over here. I think it was a foam target. I can't remember. He's like, I'm just going to shoot this mostly. He's like, okay, well, so do you ever plan on using it for hunting? Because that would be my next question. That's what Dave said. And uh, he's like, yeah, I, I might someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, then that's a different arrow. <laughs> You know, you can use your yeah. hunting arrow as a practice arrow. The only yeah. difference is, is your point, mm-hmm. you know, your field point to broadhead. But if you have a practice arrow specifically mm-hmm. and you have a hunting arrow, those are two different arrows because generally your grains per inch is going to be different, yep. which is going to change your flight characteristics, which is going to change your spine. And that's kind of the point he was trying to get across to the guy. Eventually they were able to find arrows for him, but my point well, there yeah. is, is that he just didn't know how... No, there's a ton of information. Yeah, in and you're building. finding that out now. Oh, yeah. You're trying to get into freestyle. Yep. I, the first thing I did is I changed the arrows. You know, I had the exact same experience with um, when I went in and, and did my arrows. You know, because I've been shooting a hunting arrow that's really good quality, so it's mm-hmm. you know competitive on the 3D course. You know, and um, and I went to a target arrow. It's kind of an entry level target arrow. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's not garbage or anything but i didn't go full full bore fat shaft pin knock you know but it's now a hunting shaft and it plays different you know it's definitely it's definitely a a kind of a flatter shooting it's a little bit lighter a little bit quicker um it's a little bit thinner diameter so it doesn't play as hard in the in the wind Mm -hmm. you know so the cross breeze is a little more forgiving than my hunting arrow um yeah, those things scream, the, dude. Oh, they're fast. And, yeah, I picked up, I think, 8 feet per second or almost 10 feet per second, which was, I mean, I'm already, I think I'm right at 300 again. Um, and three, 302, something like that. And then the points are actually glued in. They're not threaded inserts like my hunting arrow so I can put a field tip on or a broadhead because I'm not putting broadheads on them. Right. Um, FOCs way forward. I mean, it's just, it's a target arrow. But uh, the trade-off for all of that is they're not durable. No. I mean, they you dirt nap one, and there is no, maybe I'll get it back. No, it's garbage. You know, of course, we're at that level. We shouldn't be dirt napping them, you know. So, there again, there's always a trade-off. Ca- yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you misjudged a squirrel at 40 <laughs> yards. 38 yards, apparently. 38 yards, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah. But it's just, like you said, though, you change one thing and it's it's a trickle-down effect, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, you change your arrows, you can change the tuning sometimes. I hit that squirrel both days, by the yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, he did, though. It was a good shot. Um, fives, but, you know, he hit it. It was doubles, <laughs> okay? It was worth double. Oh, uh, yeah, well, you got better than my double zero, so... Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, tons of... You were talking about, you know, you change a sight housing. Oh, you got to change your peep. You know? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, because they're different if diameters. It's the same, yeah, if, it, if your sight housing is the same di- diameter, then no, you sure. don't have to. But, you know, yes, yeah, sometimes you do have to change your peep. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's just, it's all kinds of weird stuff, so. Right. Yep. Well, I mean, like this right here, I just picked these up, uh, I picked these up Ooh, nice. last week or the week before when I ran into Donnie Vincent, which was cool, by the way. Yeah, subtle, slow. I oh, like it. man, it was so dope. Uh, I, I was, I rode that high for like three days. Oh, that was epic, man. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. But you met him up at Archer World, didn't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was there with the Turners and they were doing some stuff. Um, I, I can't really, I don't feel comfortable getting into what they were doing because they were working on some video stuff, but it was really cool. And, right. uh, it was so dope to meet a guy like that. Who I, I feel like we kind of aspire to uh, a, hopefully get to a, a, a video quality right at some point sure at some point you know and sooner the better man it was he is taller than than you think is and it? yeah I mean like he, I, I posted a picture of me with him and, and Joel Turner and obviously I'm not a very tall guy <laughs> right uh, but you know I feel short sometimes not you often, know? but sometimes. <laughs> yeah, as long as I don't feel that, as long as I don't leave the house, I don't feel super short. But anytime I get out of the, the house, yeah, I feel short. <laughs> but no, super cool guy. Anyway, so I picked up these uh, little decals for yeah. my scope. Okay. And these are orange. They're gonna be super bright, and these are gonna so be my new decals. You're running a, a lens. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a pin sticking up, you're gonna put a sticker basically in the middle of your lens, and that acts as your pin. Right. Okay. So after you got a sheet of stickers, looks like you got uh, some single dots or a dot surrounded by a, yeah. a reticle or a circle. Now, I, my question is, is that center dot removable? Well, I don't know why you would use that. You would use that. No. But you could probably. I want to use just the outer ring. Oh, you could probably do it. Because my thought is you're doing 20 yeah, yards Because I think indoor. it's like a, a window decal, whereas it's like on sticky mm -hmm. you remove so you cut this out you remove it and then you remove the piece that it's stuck to and then it's stuck to the plastic and you lay it down then you remove that gotcha see what i'm saying so you could so take you off could, that should, center dot yeah you should be able to remove the center dot if you well really my idea is it. if you had a circle right because mm -hmm. a lot of times you shoot an indoor you know your pin's obscuring entirely the the white or the x or whatever right and you can't always tell when you're kind of veering left, right, up, down, but with a circle, you can get all of the white, and if you can see any other color but white, uh-oh, you're drifting. Sure. So you don't actually need to see, you don't actually have to have a point in dead center. You need to make sure that you're, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, do. I just like having something in the absolute center. Sure. Anything but your arrows. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny and on that note uh I'm out. we'll we'll do this next week yep all right man solid brother take care and there you have it folks another episode concludes for more cool entertainment subscribe to our youtube channel or follow us on instagram be sure to give us a like and a share if you're looking to contact us directly, we can always be reached by email, theruggedarts at yahoo.com. Be sure to tune in next week, but for now, this is Dustin and Dave, and remember, hunt hard, hunt smart, and be safe.